All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Thursday, April 30th, 2020, and today is a very special day. We send our first competitor to the medal stand in our 64-man tournament to decide the greatest Red Wings figure of all time. You know, I said medal stand, and we're doing a March Madness tournament, so the sports are kind of overlapping here, but Nonetheless, I'm excited to get down to it. I am your host, Detroit Sports Editor Noel Bianchi, here today, as always, with longtime Red Wings fan Ethan Smith. Hi, I made my bed for the first time today okay, in a you. week, week and a half. That's nice. That's nice. It's a good feeling. I'm making, making moves. I'm being positive, <laughs> trying to be positive constructive. Energy. Yep. Eternal Everything. optimism. Yep. Uh, we are also joined, as usual, for this tournament by the Honorable Sergio Colchester. He is, uh, he's remote in his place, Sergio. Welcome back. Boys, I don't know what I'm going to do now that this thing is over. Yeah, we are, uh, we're coming to an end. So we got two more matchups left. We have a third and fourth place deciding matchup today with Sergei Fedorov and Nicholas Lidstrom. And then tomorrow we will decide the greatest Red Wings figure of all time between Gordy Howe and Steve Eisman, the number one versus number two seed overall. So be sure to check that out. Subscribe if you haven't done that already. Have it in your inbox when you wake up tomorrow. And boys, let's just get right into it. We got the number six overall, Sergei Fedorov, versus the number four overall, Nicholas Lidstrom. Sergei Fedorov, the only non-number one seed to make it to the final four. The only non-chalk uh, we had in this tournament that got to the final four. Uh, so he has you know, a pretty good case to make against Nicholas Lidstrom. And Sergio, we'll start with you. This is tough. Because the argument, and I think both of these matchups coming up is going to be, you know, how did this person impact Red Wings history? And, you know, how good were they on the ice versus how did they make you feel? And with Nicholas Lidstrom, there's not as much, not as much feeling as there is with Sergei Fedorov. Sergei Fedorov was, was so exciting to watch. I'm, I'm actually watching his highlights right now. And if you go through and you, and you just YouTube random NHL player highlights, I think Sergei Fedorov's package will stand out amongst everyone's in that it, it's just the nature of his game. It was so flashy. He was so much better at everything on the ice than everybody else that we're talking about. It's almost... It's almost criminal that Sergei Fedorov didn't have an even more statistically significant career than he actually did based on just his skill level. The guy, when he was out there, you always knew Sergei Fedorov was on the ice. Um, you know, when he scored goals, they, just, they looked different than when other players scored goals. He dominated the game in an in-your-face way that is – far more uh, extensive than the way that Nicholas Lidstrom did in more of a dominating the small things way. Uh, and, and so, you know. Well, I that's a good is- point. And, and unlike our matchup tomorrow, uh, tomorrow we have a matchup of two giants who spent their entire careers here. Well, with the exception of how and those last, that last year in Hartford or whatever. So that's pretty much a matchup of, well, who had a bigger impact on the game? Who had a bigger impact on, you know, the product that I watched today, you know, the intangibles, all that other stuff. But this matchup is intriguing to me because it's a final four matchup. And yet it's a battle of like, 
the greatest sprinter of all time versus the greatest marathon runner of all time. And I'm not saying Sergey Fedorov yeah, is you know, the point. greatest whatever in any distinction, but you have to you have to figure that Sergey Fedorov, what he did was in in that short span of time, what we see here, like 10 years or something like that. He played 908 games in his hockey career, finished with 400 goals, 554 assists for 954 points. You make the mention that you know a little bit disappointing stat wise given the circumstances, and I would necess- I would undoubtedly agree obviously those later years uh where he spent with you know columbus and washington those years weren't nearly as productive as the years he had in detroit and i think when you just look at the sheer production that he had during his time with the red wings uh i think that's what stands out the most to me it was a sprint it wasn't a marathon unlike lidstrom what Fedorov really what speaks to me the most about him is the world news he created by defecting here Mm-hmm. It's something you've never seen before in, you know, almost really in sports. I mean, besides, you know, baseball players defecting from Cuba, it's, it's, it was different with hockey just because we haven't seen that before. Um, so when I, when he starts, when he was the one that came over, he came over at a really young age and he starts tearing it up. It's, it really changed the way that hockey's looked at, uh, throughout the world and it's it really kind of just ushered in a new well it really just ushered in a new era of how hockey's played and i think that that's a fair thing to kind of give to sergey fedorov as you know maybe a point in his favor is the fact that he took a serious chance to come over and just to play for the red wings he had to go through a lot he conspired against soviet russia the motherland uh to play for the detroit red wings in a time where it was a unheard of and B there could have been serious ramifications for what he did. Which is so, it's so cool. That's, that's such a, an incredible feather in his cap. But I got to tell you guys, I'm, I'm sitting here watching these highlights. I have a highlight tape going right now. And I just watched Sergei Fedorov. It looks like it was the early nineties going up against the, uh, the Ottawa senators who, Truly, I mean, the early 90s Ottawa Senators were like the worst franchise in sports in my entire lifetime. They were, they were the 2008-0-16 Lions like for five years, basically. But, uh, but I watched Sergey. He got the puck at his own blue line with, I think, all five Senators in front of him. And he literally skated past all of them. This wasn't like he didn't like dangle past them. He just skated past the entire lineup of Ottawa Senators on the ice and then deked the goalie out and scored on a breakaway. And that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's just what he did on the ice, we had three players left in this final four that I got to watch closely throughout my life. Uh, so I can't really speak to Gordie Howe. But of the three guys, Sergey Fedorov was the best player on the ice. I'm, I'm ready to just say that Sergey Fedorov was the best. Sergey Fedorov was the best hockey player I've ever seen wear the wing wheel. And that's a fair point. We'll get back to that in a second. But boys, real quick, we got to pause the podcast because I have to order dinner. Now, if you're like me, you've probably been thinking about what to order for dinner since you've been eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without ever leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries, which I used multiple times last weekend, the weekend before that, and the weekend before that. 
You order it from a local restaurant, everything gets left right outside my door. And they also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Now listen up, you guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and dropping it right outside my door. Just download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100. That's one zero zero dollar sign. Put the dollar sign before the 100. That's technically how it's supposed to go. $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code Locked On. That's code Locked On for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, just freaking Postmate it. And you want to talk about delivering? Sergey Fedorov. Let's get right back to it, boys. I want to get back to the comparison of Federov versus Lindstrom because it's really it's poignant right now. The, uh, they, they they represent two different ends of the spectrum. If you want to say it's like sizzle versus steak, um, the flashiness versus you know the quiet uh, attention to detail. Sergey Federov is the perfect example of that sizzle. He, he, everything he did jumped off the page. You don't, you didn't need to be a hockey fan to watch the game and say, Whoa, that guy is good. Um, and I think that that's, that's important because he was part of the game, you know, rising in Detroit after years and years and years of, uh, just futile teams and, and, and low attendance and low ratings Having a guy like Sergei Fedorov for casual fans, you know, not just in Detroit, but on a national level was, was, was really something special for the Red Wings because he, his, his skills and his talent translated to a common person watching the game, you know, a layperson's version of hockey better than anybody that I've watched. And I think, you know, when you talk about comparing the two, I think it really breaks down to the question. If you go back to that 1989 draft, you got Lidstrom in the third round, Fedorov in the fourth round. So to me, this question, you know, or this debate breaks down to the question, which two of these guys would you rather live without to this point in franchise history? And you can, you know, really just extend that to, you know, the, the nineties run, the, the cups in the early two thousands. And then even like through today, Nicholas Sistrom had a significant impact well into the 2010s as a Detroit Red Wing. And I think that's definitely got to be advantage for him. I, I really think if you're going to compare the two um, looking, going off what you said, when Lindstrom left this team, he looked like he could play for another five years when he was, in the alumni game for the Winter Classics, he still looked like an NHL defenseman. His seven Norris trophies from 31 on speak volumes of his career. The guy never never plateaued. He never started dipping. This guy was just a curve that went up like the coronavirus in Michigan. <laughs> Too soon. You know, for Lindstrom to have the C on his jersey – to have his number in the Raptors, 
to have spent his entire career here to really be considered top two defensemen. I mean, I, I'd like to think that it's about 50-50 between him and Bobby Orr. In terms and of I, like public opinion? Yes. Yeah, yeah um, I don't know. I think Bobby Orr is pretty, pretty commonly considered the best defenseman of all time. Not, but, not but in my Lindstrom, book. I think it, it's, it, it's fair, you know, none of us got to see Bobby Orr, but uh, on a national level, I, I don't know, it seems to me like he's, he's well-regarded as that. But it, 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 he, Lindstrom's definitely number two. Definitely. I, especially just like his ability to stay healthy for as, as long as he played. Like I know Orr, you know, this is kind of, we're kind of getting on a little sidetracked here. But, you know, Orr did have his career cut short. So, I mean, it's tough to say, you know, he would have continued to be a star, you know, like he was before he had to retire. Um, but going back to what I was saying about Lindstrom, it's, it's kind of, in my opinion, it's really kind of just a fan's perspective. I, what you're, what you said, Nolan, about, you know, wh- who would you rather have before these guys got here? Like, I, I can't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I, I think this, this whole thing was bigger than who is bigger, who was a bigger impact when they got here. I, I like to think Lindstrom had a, a quite a bit larger impact on the Red Wings throughout his entire career than Fedorov did when he got here. No, I, I, I just mean well, if you could only draft one of those guys, which one are you drafting? I, that's what I think. Well, and I think that if you're – it goes back to I, – I want to think, like, did Nicholas Lidstrom ever really make you guys feel anything – I mean, he was, he was on the ice. You knew he was the best defenseman. He, he made incredible defensive plays very frequently. The Red Wings had the best power play in the NHL for most of his career, and most of it could be attributed to him. But um, aside from that, you know, do you have any serious, like, real feelings attached to, to Nicholas Lidstrom? Where, whereas with Sergei Fedorov, I mean, I just remember being blown away constantly at the myth of Sergei Fedorov, of seeing the incredible things that he was doing. And I just know that, you know, as a child, I was just like, I just was thinking about Sergei Fedorov way more than I was thinking about Nicholas Lundstrom. <laughs> no, and I, uh, and I think that's that kind of, to, I guess what we have to do is, you know, come up and, and I mean, not this, not literally, but I think kind of what we have to do is define to each of us what greatness is, is greatness making other people feel is greatness simply being a security blanket because those, those are kind of the different ends of the spectrum that they're coming from. And Ethan, you mentioned how oft or how little Nicholas Lidstrom was hurt. I actually retweeted a uh, tweet onto the Lockdown Red Wings podcast uh, Twitter yesterday at LO underscore Red Wings. Follow us if you haven't already. Quick plug. Uh, but I retweeted the tweet from at Dead Squid. Uh, it says Nicholas Lidstrom missed only 19 games in his first 13 games in the NHL, with several of them being because he was resting ahead of the playoffs. He played in a total of 1,827 games out of 1,873 games missing out on only 46 games with the Red Wings, an incredible 97.54%. Okay, so one, Dead Squid is a phenomenal name. 
Man, that's a good one. He, he's probably had that one for a while, too. But going back to what Sergio said about, well, this me being a goalie, like when I saw Lindstrom on the ice, it was, it was like a comforting feeling, much like mm-hmm. when I'm playing beer league and my six foot four, 250 pound defenseman is on the ice. I know nobody's going to be in front of me when the puck's in my zone. It's just, it's like that comforting feeling. I felt every single time Lynch was on the ice, knowing that the best defenseman in the NHL for the last 10 years is, is here. And it's going to be okay. And he's going to play 25 minutes a night. So that's, I mean, that's what I felt when I saw Lindstrom on the ice. I completely understand well, how electrifying Fedorov was. It, in, yeah, but, but in the likes of like Ovechkin. Ethan, what if, what if Fedorov, and, and look, this certainly is going to be a tally against him no matter what, but what if Fedorov was on the Red Wings through the 2000s and, you know, up until 2015? If that was the case, I mean, wouldn't you say if Fedorov did what he did in the 90s and then did what he did again in the 2000s for the Red Wings, is this even a conversation? The interesting thing about Lidstrom is that so much of Lidstrom's true greatness came after that run of three cups. I mean, he was, he was an integral part of the, of the team. He was, you know, one of, one of if not the best defensemen on the team. In he did win a consmite Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think most of his Norris trophies came after that point. They did. And uh, his and, and and I think the the a big part of the way that the city of Detroit remembers Nicholas Lidstrom, as opposed to Sergei Fedorov, is really how much how long he sustained greatness at his age versus the actual ever like the level of greatness that he, that he was at. So if you think about it this way, I I would just say that at his peak, Sergei Fedorov burned out fast, but burned out from a height that I think was much higher than Nicholas Lindstrom was ever at. And that height was an integral part of three Stanley cup championships. Certainly I think a bigger part than the part that Nicholas Lindstrom played versus Nicholas Lindstrom's long plateau of greatness led to, you know, one Stanley cup for sure in 2008. Um, But then, and this might be another podcast, you know, a decade of sort of underwhelming results from otherwise great Red Wings teams. That is actually a really good podcast to do. And I admit, Sergio is doing a great job at plugging himself back into this podcast after this. I know. I know. Well, I was thinking to myself, like, I'm like, he made that same (laughs) argument about Henrik Zetterberg. Henrik Zetterberg, Nicholas Lidstrom, synonymous? You have have something against (laughs) Swedish people? What's going on here? And you know what, Ethan, actually, that's also a good point is you have to, uh, I guess you do have to think about the fact as well that Nicholas Lindstrom in a lot of ways, you know, we talk about how Sergei Fedorov broke down barriers and kind of changed the game of hockey. Nicholas Lindstrom was, you know, also a, uh, I don't want to say first barrier European. breaker, but you know, he was the, the first European to lift a Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. And that's huge. And that com- comes along with greatness, but 
I don't know. I where I mean, where are you guys, you know, feeling about this? Because we got we, we kind of got to wrap this up here pretty soon. But uh, I think this is this is a really really close call, and I think it's super difficult because it's comparing two completely different career arcs. Which is honestly, I'll this was this. fun. I, this was I think this was a really good yeah. debate. I mean, it's tough to debate, like you said, two people that are literally completely different players. But it's there's I, there's I, no question. I, like Nicholas Lidstrom should win. Nicholas Lidstrom is, for all of the reasons Federoff leaving, you know, I voted for Chris Osgood over Sergey Federoff. But Nicholas Lidstrom should win, but I would actually put in my vote for Sergey Federoff based on, you know, what I've been saying this whole time, which is that, you know, I watched their, both of their entire careers and there's just, I have a, I, I have a lot more fond memories of what Sergei Fedorov did on the ice than, than what Nicholas Lidstrom did. And I think I'm going to do the same. And here's why. Because we've, we've talked about all this and we've failed to even really touch on the fact, and I've, I didn't bring it up simply because I've railroaded on it so hard, like over his last two, three matchups. Sergei Fedorov, just in terms of influence, blows Nicholas Lidstrom out of the water. When is no. when is Lidstrom's first Norris Trophy? I don't even think it's. I think it's after two thousand two. I think it's two thousand one. It's two thousand. Yeah, that's that's ninety seven, ninety eight. Lidstrom is not. You know, he was great, but he wasn't the Nick Lidstrom that retired in two thousand fifteen or whenever it was that he retired, and was you know thought of as the second greatest defenseman of all time. The story on Nicholas Lidstrom is how is this guy still this good at the age of 40? The story is not ever, wow, this guy is blowing me away. I think that by the time that Nicholas Lidstrom started to create a legacy that could be considered as one of the best ever in a Red Wings uniform, Sergei Fedorov had already cemented his. And they were drafted on the same yes. day. Yes. Yes, that is a fantastic point, Owen. I just don't understand how somebody that doesn't have his number in the rafters left Which is this, not his left fault. left our team. It is because he left our team for less money to the team that beat us in the first round. Never bat an eye. He could have came back here in free in free agency. Never came back. I just don't understand how that person. Who because, has well, a couple trophies in his uh, in his under his belt without a doubt beats one of the best defensemen of all time, which you will you will never see another defenseman in this era win seven Norris trophies because the skill level is just that close okay, now. Okay, that's but, how unbelievable well, Lindstrom was. The way that you overlook that is by realizing that that's exactly the way he came here in the first place. Old cloak and dagger trick on Mother Russia to come over here and play hockey. Guess what? It's part of what comes with Sergei Fedorov. I don't know, guys. I don't. I I think the listeners of this podcast will probably side with me on this. But I mean, if you guys want to give I, him the bronze medal, give it to him. But I don't know. I, I would. You I want to crown their ass and crown them. Those 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 listeners. I would challenge them to really think about this. I think that Nicholas Lidstrom's true legacy is is his greatness from in the 2000s and the 2010s. And the matchup here is that legacy 
versus Sergei Fedorov's legacy of the 90s. And for those listeners that really, you know, are think that this is blasphemous that we would take Fedorov over Lidstrom, just think, what was more fun, the Red Wings in the 90s or the Red Wings in 2013? What about all the years that they were unbelievable and were a game away from the Stanley Cup? If the Red Wings do win the Cup in 2009, there is no way I'm voting for Sergei Fedorov. But Sergei Fedorov was the best player on three Stanley Cup teams, and Nicholas Lindstrom was the best player on one. And that's why I'm voting for Sergei Fedorov. I agree. Sergei Fedorov, shut it down. He's your third place winner, given the bronze medal. Do they give out medals for fourth place? <laughs> Participation trophy. Yeah, a nice nice participation sticker for Nicholas Lidstrom. Hey, thanks for coming, pal. Sometimes when we do these battles, I've by the end of them, I feel dirty because I feel like I've disrespected one player more than the other. Let's, let's be real here. At the end of the day, fourth greatest Red Wing of all time. Could make the argument for third. Still pretty special. Don't want to take anything away from that. Uh, we love you, Nick. It was actually his 50th birthday on Tuesday. So if you haven't done that already, go wish him a happy birthday. On and Twitter you gave him a participation trophy. And I gave him a participation trophy. Uh, he's got seven Norris trophies. His trophy case is probably full. So thank you guys so much for listening. We're going to bring this same heat tomorrow. We got Gordie Howe versus Steve Eiserman, the matchup of the millennia. Uh, who was the greater Red Wing? Lots to talk about. Let's get right to it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Keep on flattening the curve, boys.